sandwiches, soups, salads. These are basic menu items we often serve at home or order in restaurants, but sometimes they can be so much more. I'm Courtney Drake McDonough, the host of the In Good Taste Denver podcast and publisher of the ingoodtastedenver.com blog covering food, arts, culture, and travel in Colorado. And my guest today is Jennifer Hayes, who is the founder and owner of Exalted Sandwich, a new sandwich business here in Denver. And she's making extraordinary food, but she's also doing a whole lot more. And I wanted our readers and listeners to know about her. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Courtney. It's wonderful to be here. Good. And we're, we're talking early in the morning um, before your shop opens. So both of us are a little froggy in voice. So our listeners will have to excuse that. But um, I'm really glad that we got to um, chat today. So um, first of all, tell me where is Exalted Sandwich located? We are located at 8th and I-25 in an industrial area, an old industrial area, in a new concept from California called Cloud Kitchens. I lease a kitchen uh, within this building. There's 52 others, and I am part of that. And explain what a ghost kitchen is for those who are not familiar. So ghost kitchens have been around for a long time. They're really buzzy right now. People are talking about them, uh, especially with the state of the restaurant and hospitality industry in general. But they've been around since about 2012 was when they were first spoken about in these terms, dark kitchen, ghost kitchen. They are virtual kitchens. There are no dining rooms. Uh, the primary um, mode of food is to go, delivery, pick up. And the kitchens, they don't have to be small, but uh, right now they're very small. My kitchen is only 174 square feet. Uh, and as I said, it's all virtually driven. Menus are online and it's a big third party delivery engagement platform. Of course, there's also people can come in and pick up food. Um, and they all run differently. Mine in particular has a front lobby uh, where people can kiosk order if they haven't already pre-ordered or drivers pick up. And there's people at the front desk that work for Cloud Kitchens and they come and pick up a food from each kitchen and they interface with the driver or the customers. Oh, that's great. That's cool. When did you open? I opened May 19th, so I'm in my third week, um, actually second week, um, it feels like the third week, <laughs> but the second week, and so today is probably my first week anniversary, if I'm thinking about it clearly. Wow, congratulations, and I'm, that makes me especially honored that we get to do this podcast with you. Tell me a, a little bit about what's on the menu. I know I mentioned sandwiches, soups and salads kind of thing, but tell me a little bit more in detail. So yes, we do sandwiches, soup, salads, and mini desserts. And we have a selection of what's been trending as RTDs, ready to drink. Uh, we don't make them in-house, but we collect from reliable sources, whether they're Colorado or uh, outside of Colorado. But those are the primary things on our menu. Uh, with a lot of intention about why we chose each particular expression of food uh, through sandwiches or salads or soups. And I can tell you a little bit more about the types of things that we offer, um, but those are, that is what we, we offer at this time. Okay. What, what's your favorite thing or two on the menu? 
So I love it. The, the inspiration for the menu itself came from uh, a deconstructed banh mi sandwich. And I was inspired by a New York Times recipe. And I love to cook around the globe, but deconstructing it in a way that feels comfortable for me while still honoring the culture that um, I'm cooking within. And so it was this Bon Me recipe that I was inspired by in the New York Times that I saw that inspired the next menu item, which is the Tuscan, which I worked on with my, my partner this summer um, and the co-creation of the Exalted Sandwich in general. And the Tuscan is, uh, we have, we call it an Exalted Alfredo sauce. But those two were the inspiration for the whole concept in general. And then it, it really blossomed from those two items. So when I hear deconstructed for an item, I think like that you're, you're not serving it in the typical way that you're taking apart different elements, changing things out, or like if it was a sandwich, you're not serving it as a sandwich, but all the fillings are there. So tell me what you mean like, especially with that banh mi, tell me what you mean by it being deconstructed. So there's the honoring of cultural traditions and cooking that I uh, really respect and revere. And without trying to master that, but be inspired by it and influenced by it and infuse what I'm cooking with, the deconstructed. So I'm stepping aside from the mastery of the, the actual cultural preparation of just, we're talking about the banh mi. Um, and there's particular ways the meat mm -hmm. and the history of the banh mi and how it came about. And so then I take that, um, infuse my, my culinary expression. And so with the banh mi in, in particular, you can, you can choose different proteins now, but the first protein I chose to do was a ground pork and a uh, steamed tempeh. And so instead of the typical pork that is served with that, everyone that's had a banh mi, anyone that's had one will understand what I'm talking about. So we, I did a ground pork and instead of, and then I, I toss it in this basil aioli once um, it's seasoned, instead of putting that mayo or whatever is traditional um, through the expression of the Vietnamese um, chef. I toss the actual uh, warm ground pork in this basil aioli. And so it comes together in a different way that is surprising, but extremely delicious. And then there's the pickled veggies and basil and so I'm sorry, cilantro and um, cucumber that uh, go on as the finishing touches. Okay, that makes sense and sounds delicious. <laughs> um, tell us about a few of the other menu items. Um, because I know even within them, there are different proteins you can add. So maybe you told us about a couple wonderful sandwiches, um, maybe a couple other items, including desserts. Tell us about those too. Okay, so so glad to. So the idea behind the menu, I, I have six sandwiches that you can choose from, and I call them styles. And you can, you can really create your own experience through the choices that I offer. So for example, we've been talking about the banh mi. Uh, you come in and you choose your base, whether it's an heirloom grain baguette, or if you want gluten-free, we have organic brown rice. Or if you're really wanting to have a low carb experience for dietary preferences, you can order um, organic 
power greens as your base. And uh, the last two I mentioned, the rice and the the power greens would be expressed as a bowl. And then you choose your protein. And my sourcing, I, one of my primary foundational pieces is integral sourcing, integral sourcing, which knowing where it comes from, how things are raised and what the practices are within the farming there's a rancher or a farmer or a gardener purveyor. And so then you, you get to choose from, as we talked about ground pork and it's Colorado pasture raised or Colorado grass-fed beef or certified humane chicken. And then I also have a Denver organic tempeh as your protein base. And so then you move uh, into being able to modify. It comes with lots of different toppings that we recommend, but the diner is able to really modify and custom craft their sandwich to their personal preferences based on a starting point. And so you can add pickled jalapenos that we do in-house or you can add pickled onions, or you can remove something if it's not something that you feel would uh, elevate your particular dining experience. And so we really leave it, even though we only have six styles of sandwiches or bowls, you can really move into that and, and customize it to your dietary preference, your culinary requirements, whatever that means. And so that, that's just the sandwiches and then the salads. We prep them each morning so they're fresh and they're not lettuce-based because everything's to go. And we toss everything in the vinaigrette so they're marinating or they're um, infusing and ready for you to enjoy once you receive them. So we have lots of unique yet familiar things with a unique expression. Potato salad and pasta salad and broccoli salad and lots of uh, summer sweet, summer savory. And uh, of course, you mentioned the desserts, Courtney, and, and that's something I'm really proud of. Again, ingredient-wise, very mindful, intentional, and I don't use any seed oils or refined sweeteners or grains. And so all my desserts, uh, I should say mostly my desserts, are uh, keto-friendly. And so I use monk fruit sweetener and stevia. And you wouldn't recognize it. So it, it doesn't come across. Um, some people hear that and they feel that they have some limited experience. And you really will when you're eating the desserts that we have created, you will not miss anything and you will feel completely fulfilled. And yet you will have a more healthful, nutritional experience with zero sugar calories through each of the, the items that we offer. And then they're small, <laughs> so we can all indulge uh, with several bites and feel fulfilled. That is where I'll, I'll yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds really, really good. That sounds really yummy. I, I know you haven't been open very long, but is there anything on the menu that either people haven't ordered much of yet or that you thought to yourself, you know, this isn't an obvious choice for people, but gosh, it's so good. I really hope it goes over well. Sort of an unsung item this early in the game. So I, I love the question and um, there's always that that item, you know, that you're really excited about, but the uptake is, is maybe a little slower than you'd like, but once people have it, they're really um, enamored with it, or maybe it just becomes a, a side winner. And I think uh, the, the top sellers so far, and granted, it's only been a, a small amount of time or the banh mi, uh, the barbecue, and I have a Hungarian, Bavarian inspired style as well. But the one that uh, is my slowest mover is my tikka masala. And um, it really takes this wonderful 
um, Indian dish and brings it into a bread or bowl form. And it just, it's, it's so lovely. It, it has all those subtle and forward features of tikka masala that we enjoy. Uh, and you can eat that, of course, on the sandwich, but then um, in this other expression, we, we make this house uh, mango chutney that's on there and the self is infused with tomatoes and ginger and garam masala and and so I really that one has been a little bit on a slow uptake but I'm really excited for people to try it because the way that it it does present is surprising and familiar at the same time. Well, further proof that you and I are on the same wavelength because looking, I haven't been in yet, but that was what I was going to order. So, oh, good, so, good. Yeah. You'll so order it so and well. then you'll know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> great. Yes. Sounds really good. Um, yeah, I love asking that question of chefs because there's they there's always an answer. Somebody always has an answer that you know. I love this dish. Or this was my grandmother's recipe. I don't know why people don't order it. And yes. So that's why I, I always ask that question. Yes. So we, we already talked a little bit about how you came up with some of the menu items. Did you want to tell a little bit more about that process for how you come up with them? I I do. I, I love to talk about that. And this project uh, is near and dear to my heart for lots of reasons. Uh, one, because of the industry that I love, the restaurant industry is just, it's coming out of crisis, but it's still riddled in crisis. And it has been my, my primary career uh, has been in the restaurant industry. And that's where I started in high school, bussing tables and then waiting and it put me through college. And so it's really an industry that I have been aligned with my entire life. And I was previously part of another restaurant um, with my former husband and partner and the restaurant's still thriving. It's in Greenwood Village and Saza is uh, the restaurant and anyone that's listening that knows it support it it's been 16 years and Mm -hmm. it's still thriving and beautiful and it made it through the industry uh, for through the crisis excuse me so um, I did sell my shares to uh, my former partner and I was in transition and the doing some restaurant consulting and really exploring what my next uh, opportunities were going to be and then the pandemic hit and everything dried up. No one's hiring consulting uh, consultants. And um, I tried to get my first job uh, since I was in my 20s. I've been an entrepreneur since. And I, I, I'm 52 and uh, I was not hired. <laughs> uh, excruciatingly, I was not hired. And um, I had to create a job for myself. And my current partner is Scott Donnell. And we spent last summer uh, cooking and um, just really brainstorming. How do I create a job for myself? I can't get hired and I need to do something and my industry is in crisis. And this is what I know and love. And how is how, how can I do that when most restaurants are closing? How can I do something that is actually opening and, and, and infusing the industry with some, some fresh energy? And that's how Exalted Sandwich came about. So we were in the kitchen and we were doing the, uh, the banh mi and then the Tuscan and how does this grow from here? And then I, once I had a foothold on those and knew I was going to go into a ghost kitchen, not a brick and mortar, um, it, everything expanded from there. And um, to talk a little bit about the ingredients, it's very important to me uh, because that is my inspiration, is 
the ingredients themselves. It's not what do I want to create and then collect the ingredients is what do I have available to me in, within my guardrails of um, integrity? Uh, what will I cook with? Um, and how does that, how can I create dishes based on this ingredient base? And so that is how I work. Uh, and that is how I arrived uh, here with this particular menu. And that's my process in general. All right. And you, you touched on this a little bit, but let's talk more ab about the name, the exalted part. Yes. And it's very, because it's, it's not intended to be lofty or um, like ego inflated. It's really trying to illuminate in a regal, uh, approachable, uh, foundational way where I come from with the ingredients and my framework for waging and my belief and drive for living wages. And so it's taking, as you mentioned in the intro, taking everyday recognizable ingredients and ensuring they're at the most elevated level possible, whether it's flavor, again, uh, whether it's ingredients, my sourcing, or it's who's making it. Um, and it's really creating gifts for people. Um, and my, interestingly, my, my whole, uh, everything's to go, uh, and all my compostable to go uh, packaging, I literally pack it as a gift. There's a gift tag, there's tissue paper to keep everything stabilized. It's functional, but it also, you, you, Get, you receive this, whether you pick it up or a driver delivers it, and you receive this uh, gift from us to you and to yourself. Um, you've ordered something that will nourish you, but also you make a difference with what, you're, um, with what customers are choosing to buy. So it's an exalted experience. Everyday lunch, dinner, but we want to exalt that experience for our customers. Well, it's a lovely idea. And talk a little bit more about, about how you intend to, you know, quote unquote, live that intention as you continue on in the business. Because I, I know you um, talk about, you know, li the living wage and um, your foundation, your helpful foundation for restaurant workers. So tell us a little bit more about that. I that is the the premise so when i was creating this particular business uh it was also creating a new disruptive framework in an interest in in an industry that is really um, gridlocked in antiquated um foundation and so uh how do i do that as a new business um and it was starting small and intentional with each piece lined up. So there's the living wage. There's all, obviously I, I, I do keep mentioning, but it's very important, this ingredient piece. And there's also, you know, the, the actual menu itself. And so in the living wage piece in this foundation that uh, you mentioned, and it is called love is now uh, those are where I am disrupting this, like I said, this antiquated piece of the industry that I'm part of. And so living wage is um, 
different from minimal wage. Minimum wage where it is, it's different for each city because everything, living costs, it, it fluctuates with living costs. And it is what is necessary for an individual or a parent or a single parent or uh, needs to cover basic living costs in their community where they live. And it's, again, it's different from minimum wage, which is something that's government driven. This is something that's choice driven uh, and to support workers, um, necessary workers, foundational workers, the first tier workers in a living wage, I believe is a human right to be able to support ourselves through full-time work, contributing to our community, uh, it is a right to be able to afford our living expenses and living expenses are transportation and healthcare and groceries and of course, all clothing and education. And so this is not anything outside of uh, that. Those are things that we are incentivized to, to grow in salary. Uh, but this in this industry offers a, a starting point for that. Um, and for workers to grow and be able to um, expand in their own careers in the second largest industry in our country. Yeah, that's fascinating. And it's so good that you're, you're doing that. Just so good. Um, you, you mentioned that you have been in the restaurant business um, for years. So was, was Saza your most recent experience? In the restaurant business before opening Exalted Sandwich? It was, uh, it was, it was, I've been, it was my, my first entrepreneurial restaurant experience. I've worked with many, many great restaurants through my life, but this was my, my first creation of my, my own with my, my former partner, of course. Yes. So Exalted Sandwich is my, my second restaurant uh, endeavor. So I'm sure that helped a lot. I know you know, Saz is brick and mortar, but I'm sure that experience has helped you a lot. Tremendously. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So my next question, we, we've kind of touched on a little bit um, about telling everyone the story of the inception and evolution of the business. Is there anything you want to elaborate on with that? I, I think what I would like to expand upon is the for me, the importance of the conversation around the living wage and the framework that I have intentionally created. So I, I know I've talked extensively into it, but I'd also like to share that tandemly, I am, I'm in school uh, very, very part-time to study and to have the academic uh, environment support of these new systems that I am creating and how that they are possible and duplicatable in a for-profit mission-driven business environment, that they can still fulfill capitalistic drive and mission, but that it is possible to create profit and revenue for investors and shareholders and also support the workers that get the job done, fulfill the dream, or create the product or whatever it is. And it's super important because we are stuck in general, we're stuck in this mindset that it's labor has to be the rock bottom to be able to fulfill the capitalistic equation. And I do believe 
it is not uh, necessary that we can do it in a way where there, everybody wins um, along the way. And a incentivized growth, this is not the same, this is not coming from a place of everyone is equal in, you know, and we're all on the same platform um, as far as, you know, wages. This is still an incentivized growth, but the, the wage threshold needs to be at a place where those people that are learning, growing, and striving to become better can afford to live and cover their expenses. And so, that pairing is really intentional and it's, it's just a strategized uh, approach to show academically and support it. And then also through the actual expression of the business that this is really genuinely possible. Well, you know, I'm listening to you. I'm, I'm just so, I'm struck by several things. I mean, you, you started a restaurant at a really difficult time, you know, we're just hopefully we're truly coming off the pandemic, but you know, I mean, it's been such a difficult time and, and a lot of people have started businesses now and, and, you know, feeling, I think in part because of what we've been through that now is the time for them to follow their dreams. Now is the time for them to be doing something important and that matters. So not only are you starting a business at a difficult time, but you're, you know, you're really shaking things up. You're take, you're not just doing a formula that has worked before. You're, you're doing things that need to be done. You're being one of those bold people who says, I want to do things differently. And, and although it's going to be really challenging, if I'm not doing it, who is, you know, maybe I will start this trend and show that it can be done. So that that's huge. And, and I just, I, I applaud your boldness for one thing, but uh, also just your intention. It's, this is a difficult thing for you to be doing at this time, but I really think you're going to be very successful at it, but it had to have taken some extra gumption for you to say, not only am I going to start a business, but I'm going to do all these other big movement things too. Yes, I appreciate that. And you, you could interview my partner, Scott Donald, to, um, to, to, to show the testament of the extra and the difficulty and the, the it's, yeah, it was soul raking actually. And, um, but th that's the fire you walk through when you're, when you're doing something or pioneering change. And so you're right. So I, I really appreciate you recognizing that and, um, um, I did land and it, it, I'm open and it's in momentum. And uh, so I do appreciate you recognizing that. Well, thank you. So there are a lot of places to go for a sandwich, um, you know, little independent places like yours and, and certainly chain places, which we just won't even talk about. <laughs> but why, why should people go to exalted sandwich let's just talk flavor wise because we've talked about you know the, the intention behind it and the quality of the ingredients and everything but yeah why, why do you think your food is so special that people are you know maybe need to drive across town to go pick it up so my one of my taglines that just came about when I was building my website was eat exalted sandwich make a difference and that is really where what we're all about because not only are you making a difference to your body or your taste buds but again as you said we you're making a difference to the the industry itself and so 
everything is recognizable. And even though I personally have this agenda, it is not driven through how I present my business. Um, no one, this is, you don't need to align with the belief system to experience uh, a really lovely meal and something that will just, it, it will enhance whether you're, it's a, you know, you're having lunch at work or, you know, with your friends or dinner with your family. The food is beautiful. The food is, the, the, the flavor is really solid and thoughtful. The diners that, and customers that uh, I've had in the past, because I had the same approach with my previous restaurant, they really, really receive that. Whether they're there because of, you know, my, my foundational agenda or they're there for the sandwich, uh, it doesn't matter. The, the experience is still something that people really feel after, during, and it brings them back. Well, and I mean, let, let's get real. You could have the most amazing intentions and that could be what draws people in. But if the food's not delicious, they're not, <laughs> they're not coming back. So I, I'm, I know it's got to be delicious too. So you talked a little bit about when you were describing the menu about how you can kind of cater uh, different items to different flavors and, or different um, preferences and, and things. And but you can also do vegetarian or vegan if you wanted, correct? Mm -hmm. and what about gluten-free? Yes, it's everything's really clearly marked. I find that very important. I want people to feel comfortable with their food preferences or, or dietary needs. And so the menu is really straightforward. I have keys that are available on each section that says what is gluten-free, what is vegan, what is keto, what is um, vegetarian. And then with a just say with a soup, if you remove the creme fraiche, then it's vegan. Or if you remove the crouton, then it's gluten-free. And so people are prompted to um, achieve whatever they need, preference or need-wise, through the modification after each, and when you order each item online. Great. Um, tell me what a typical day is like for you, because I know we're talking fairly early because once or, you know we were past about 8 30 or so you know you were going to be going 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 so tell me you know when you get up and get in there and and uh you know from food prep time to how late you're there i'm just i'm always curious to know what it's like behind the scenes for people it's different now because we're opening and we're still we're, we're still in that opening um place in the cycle and so uh, eventually it will it will shift and it's usually about four to six weeks um, so in that opening stage um, I typically get up at five part of my serenity is stems from exercise so I work out at home um, COVID I used to go to the gym but COVID, I was able to create a home gym, which I'm really grateful for because it saves commute time um, and more sleep time. So I, I work out at home every morning. Uh, I have two sons, two teenage sons that uh, share time with me and their dad. And so when they are here and at school, we are, you know, after I work out and get ready, we're engaging and getting them out the door. And, uh, and then I myself move into, I, I head to the kitchen. And then once there, 
in this opening stage, it is, we're still working out our, our prep pars, which are how much are we prepping to ensure freshness and carry over and what are we ordering and how are we organizing the line and the, the flow of our, our pantry and our, our cold storage and our recipes nailed or do we have those and we're taste testing and we're, so we're still in that phase. And so that takes us through our whole day and what do the orders look like and how are they packed and how does this, all this technology work? And, but I'm moving into my, my kitchen is solid there. We've worked together before and the ladies just have a handle on everything from producing and making all the, the orders, but then also packing and expediting. And then I'm going to be moving out, uh, uh, into the outside world to really spread and grow the customer base uh, through office lunches or catering or and getting to know the community and how we can serve them. And like I said, build that customer base. So that's what's next. Uh, so that, that's my typical day. And um, we close at five and then I come home and I'm with my sons or uh, do office work. That's what's happening right now and catch up on that. And um um, I'm usually, I try to be in bed by nine o'clock. So that's wow. my really wild and exciting, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, detail oriented day. Wow. That's very interesting. Um, so that, that leads perfectly into my next question about, you know, you're, you're using a ghost kitchen right now and it isn't a, a dining room or anything yet, but five years down the line, let's look forward. What do you see exalted sandwich being? So I see Exalted Sandwich, um, I did mention starting small and uh, with this, this new dynamic, this new framework uh, that I've incorporated and that I'm, I'm supporting through academic uh, study. And so the goal, uh, if everything works out perfectly, of course, is to grow hospitality based on this framework and uh, move into, I'd love to, to, to move out and then reestablish in a brick and mortar with dining room. But it's also hospitality. That is my previous long, long ago, but uh, that's how I got into uh, restaurants was hospitality. I lived in a resort town where we had uh, extraordinary bed and breakfasts. And it's, so it's to expand the portfolio into a um, full hospitality offering, including lodging and other recreational aspects through this framework. So starting very small in my 174 square foot in five years, hoping to have brick and mortar and then some type of hospitality opportunity or option for customers to experience as well through this particular framework. Wow. You, you amaze me. You just have all these amazing goals. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Um, is it, you know, you, you, obviously, you know, you started this business at a, a difficult time in your own life, because we're all going through these difficult things, but you know, a difficult time in the world. I mean, it could have felt so daunting at this time where everything is so unknown. I mean, things are still kind of unknown. What got you through doing everything one has to do to start a business in this crazy time where you just don't know? you know, how, what's coming next? I really leaned into, um, I think internal work and trusted really my inner circle of support, my, the people in my life that know who I am 
um, and know how important all these things were and how hard it is. Uh, they, um, my partner I've mentioned, Scott in particular, are the reason I am here. He is actually the one that lent me the money to do this. And without him, um, and then the most recent loan <laughs> from, uh, from my parents, um, I, I wouldn't have been able to do this. So it's a collective effort. You know, I may be the one driving it, but I could not do it without these, these really special supportive people in my life. And then not only is it the financial, but it's the support and seeing the struggle without dismissing it or undermining it or just telling you to buck it up and grasp the positive when the reality is it's really, really hard um, and scary uh, because of the unknowns. And um, I have such deep gratitude uh, for for my mother and my father and Scott. Uh, and then I have dear friends who listened uh, when I cried or I was scared or all my self-doubt. And they, there are, they know who they are and they're extremely special to me. And that's how I did it because it, as you said, you, it, there is, there's so much unknown and it's so fragile the industry itself has really been took lots of lots of hits and so and so I I'm here <laughs> and I couldn't be happier uh with all the scars and wounds um that are mostly healed <laughs> yeah. mostly healed yeah. let's put it that way yeah well you know you said self-doubt and that certainly strikes a chord with me something I I deal with all the time balancing the passion for what I do and the the worth of it with wondering, am I worthy of this? You know, am I delivering on what I intended to do? And so I, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who can can relate to that. And you know, as I mentioned before, with COVID, because people were literally faced with life and death and, you know, and and thinking to themselves, man, you know, if if COVID hit me and I died tomorrow. Have I done what I wanted to do? You know, is this job that I'm in every day really fulfilling and worthwhile to me? And and that caused them to to do, and I, I like this word pivot, but I know a lot of people just hate it, but I think it's a good word um, yeah. to do the pivot and, and start something new. So what would be some words of advice you'd pass on to people who are still thinking about doing the pivot or, or have done it and are filled with all sorts of doubt about how this can work and, and a lot of self-doubt too? I, I really struggled with a lot of the external, you know, and I call it toxic positivity because it's, it can really do quite the opposite. We're expected to be superhuman and not, you know, to overcome, of course, you know, difficulty uh, or challenge. And that's how we build, you know, we, we test our metal and we build our character. But when we don't acknowledge that it's really hard um, or we're scared or, um, you know, we're, when we're expected to, to always have this face of false po positive or 
I think it's really a disservice to the journey uh, of difficulty. Um, and, and that doesn't take away, it doesn't mean being stuck, you know, as a victim, but it's at least honoring that you're ready to step out of something or try something new um, or that it's all really hard um, and you wouldn't do anything different. Um, it's also, I'm a big believer of, of listening to the engagers, you know, not the spectators, because there's always people that are going to tell you no, or you should do it differently or, or a different way, or it's not valid or stay safe. And then there's the people that are out there being vulnerable and exposing themselves and, and falling down and getting dirty and not looking graceful <laughs> at all and gravitate or try and find um, <laughs> those people. And they're few and far between. And sometimes you're just alone and it's okay to be alone. And um, I think it's that internal wisdom that we tap into versus what's happening externally. And none of it's, none of it's readily um, clear. Uh, and to trust, to trust what's the messages that are coming through you versus at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I have a, I don't even know who said it, but I have a little piece of paper on my refrigerator that says all progress happens outside your comfort zone. And oh, yeah. I look at that a lot because it's so easy to, to just sort of retreat back into what's known and what's comfortable and what's safe, you know, the, the word you use. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so scary to put yourself out there and be bold and take risks that, you know, could have really pretty big ramifications if you, if, if you fail. Um, but, you know, I, I also believe that there is no such thing as actually failing. You know, there's always something to be gained if you're willing to look at it from failing um and from all these struggles and so i i just really i appreciate your philosophy and those are good words of wisdom so let let's wrap up with what's maybe the most important thing which is how people can get a hold of you learn more um visit your website see your menu and and order from you Yes, obviously my website is a great place because i do tell our story the menu and um, share a little bit more about our mission. So the, the, the website is, is really my greatest resource at this time. I also have some help with social media. So I do have Facebook and, that, and Instagram. And I have a, a wonderful uh, Christina Johnson who helps me stay social when I'm, I'm not. <laughs> so, uh, so those are great. And it's, it's all Exalted Sandwich, whether it's Exalted Sandwich on Instagram, Facebook, mm -hmm. or my website, very straightforward. And ordering online uh, directly through my website or calling my, I, I list my numbers, my emails. I really want to interface with customers. It's really one of my fortes is customer relations uh, relationship. And I don't have that. And so I really want to build that even though I'm in a ghost kitchen and I don't see you, I can talk to you, we can email and I have loyalty programs and all of those things uh, to help build that loyalty base and community. Uh, even though I'm in, you know, a center of a building and you're um, eating someplace that's far away from me. And so really taking advantage of that, I, I want to talk to people and hear from people. Um, and it's not as uh, 
as as common um, as it used to be, especially with everything being virtual and remote and removed. And then also the, the third party that I am using are Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. But if you order through my website, you can come pick it up or you can also have it delivered and it goes straight to DoorDash and they, then the drivers take over from that moment. Okay, easy enough, very easy. Well, it, this has been an absolute pleasure, not only because you're you're just obviously a nice, enjoyable person to talk to, but because I, I really appreciate all that you've gone through and all that you're wanting to do for people. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And like I said in the intro, you know, this is far more than just a delicious sandwich and salad and soup and, and whatnot. It definitely exalted. Certainly fits the name. And I just wish you all the luck in the world. And, and I know things are going to go really well for you because you're, I believe in putting good out into the universe and, and uh, that good comes back to you. And you're obviously putting a lot of good out into the universe. And um, so I know the good things are going to happen for you. Courtney, thank you so much for this beautiful opportunity. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. You bet. Well, and and to our listeners and readers, we will have the link for this podcast very, very soon. And as always, I always include the link within an article on the blog in goodtastedenver.com. And that will have some tantalizing pictures of menu items from Exalted Sandwich so that you can see those until you see them for yourself right in front of your, your hungry face. And a little bit more information, including links to Exalted Sandwich's website and social media. So it'll be very easy for people to get on there and learn more and place an order. Um, and our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, and just a whole bunch of other listening services. Some I don't even know of that um, it just keeps getting picked up there. So wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts, you'll probably find the In Good Taste Denver blog. And I hope you'll subscribe because we have some very interesting stories from the past. I love talking to people with, with new businesses and doing new interesting things. And we certainly have a lot more coming. So please subscribe and learn more about people of Colorado and the interesting things they're doing. So thank you everybody for listening. Thank you again, Jennifer, and hope everybody has a great day.